Hey, Sam, it's Keith. You know, your buddy, Keith, your sponsor. Hey, man, I'm worried about you. You haven't been to a meeting in a while. You haven't called me in a while. You didn't even respond to that email I sent you. I sure as hell hope you listened to that fellow's speech, what he was saying about the light being the message. Something about that really hit home with me, and it reminded me of you. I know you've been worried about your friend, Brendan. Not sure what's going on there with you and him, but I know this, that if you aren't sober, if you aren't well, if you aren't taking care of yourself, brother, then you sure as shit aren't going to be able to take care of your friend. I know that Brendan's a special guy. He sounds like a real good guy. Don't get me wrong. Smart and funny, real deep guy. Short, but that's no problem. That's no problem. But look, Samuel, we're given a daily reprieve contingent upon the maintenance of our spiritual condition. And your spiritual condition, man, I can't imagine what it's like right now. And if I had to guess, you've probably gone a few days without a reprieve. So I'm worried about you. I know you're invested in fucking up this Dr. Miller character. But you know what that is? That's a resentment. You got yourself a resentment against Miller. And that resentment's going to make you drink if it hasn't already. So give me a fucking call and get your ass to a meeting. Okay? I'm worried about Say you. No one For real. Welcome back to Arizona Artbeat from Arizona Public Radio. I'm Tom Jensen. Today on the show, we'll be looking back on the legacy of Arizona artist Corbin Nestor Masterson Narvez, whose Adobe prison cell installations shocked and delighted the art world and brought a Southwest flavor to commentary on the prison industrial complex. But first, we have... Art critic Luz Garcia to talk about a downright bizarre and humiliating spectacle she saw at the Massacon Gallery, a performance by a local artist calling himself Brendan. Luz, what exactly was this you saw? Yes, Tom, it was first Friday at the Massacon Gallery, which does often feature edgy and political work, but still manages to stay on the side of good taste. In this case, I'm not sure if taste of any kind could be said to have been involved. I was packed in the small gallery with about 20 or 30 other attendees, eager to see what was billed as Latinx performance art. And then the artist, this Brendan, came out, and as far as I could tell, he was just a white male. I mean, maybe a little swarthy. Is that problematic, swarthy? I think swarthy's just fine. Anyway, he he came out and introduced the performance with some odd prose, which I felt was unrelated to the performance that followed. And what exactly was this performance? Well, they all appeared to be professional dancers, and they were all locked together at the arms, and then they started shuffling about haphazardly. It was all very chaotic and bizarre, kinetic, nauseating, and then out of nowhere, they started forming a shape. I couldn't believe my eyes. It was a swastika. That's not just a pagan religious symbol you're talking about. 
Tom, you know it as none other than the insignia of Nazi Germany. Yikes. And then they went on to form other shapes that were much more difficult to discern. At one point, there was maybe a star. Other than that, no one could make out what was happening. It was pure chaos. The faces of the performers got more red and embarrassed as it went on. Eventually, it just kind of died and fizzled out, and it looks like Brennan made a rapid exit. I could see his shock of brown hair beyond the crowd, even though he's very short. So this was not well-received at all? Tom, this was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. You absolutely hate to hear it. Because performance art, otherwise such a thriving and vital medium. I don't expect Brendan to reappear. 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 Jesus Christ. This is the most humiliating thing that's ever happened to me. I can't believe I was able to get this far without without someone telling me it was all fucked up. Fuck. God damn it. Jesus. This stings like hell. Fuck. Fuck. God. Do people see the good things I do? Or just the bad? What do they remember? Who the fuck could that be? Hi, Brendan. Yes. Hi, Brendan. I'm Monica from Art Gravity Magazine. Can I come in? Um, what is this about? It's about your performance. Oh yeah, that that was a disaster. I didn't think so at all. I thought it was really brilliant. Come in. Thank you. Did you not hear what Luz Garcia said about me on NPR? Luz Garcia is a dumb bitch, quite frankly. I knew her at Yale. She had to have special accommodations to take exams. She has a learning disability. In other words, she's fucking stupid, and I wouldn't listen to a word she says. Okay. You have genuine talent. Your performance, there was something there. A raw sexuality. Really? Yes. Sexuality connected to the divine. Do you understand what I mean? I'm not sure. Where is your heart at right now? Uh, I'm not sure I understand the question. Is it in your head or is it in your body? You know, the body has extraordinary intelligence. It would be a shame if your heart was in your head instead of your body. Well, uh... <laughs> You're probably wondering why I'm here. A little bit. I'm a journalist. It's my job to find out what's going on in your head, in your heart, and your body, maybe, if it has a story to tell. What would you like to know? Where did it come from? What? Your performance. Where did the idea come from? Well, I've been under the care of a doctor. And he puts me in the isolation chamber. That's what he calls it. It's a sensory deprivation tank. It's like... Um, I'm familiar with what that is. Who's the doctor? Uh, his name's Dr. Miller. Oh, Jerry Miller? Jerry? Jerome, actually. Oh, will you know him? I've known Jerome a very long time. Let me ask you something, Brendan. Do you like me? I think so. 
I don't know you very well, but from what I can tell, you're a very intelligent, very attractive person. Do you want to get to know me better? Yes, certainly. I mean, really know me. Do you want to be on my level? I'm not sure what you mean. It's not uncommon to meet someone. It's easy to meet someone and be attracted to them. That happens to you from time to time, I suspect. It happens to me. But then there's another level, a much greater connection. The kind of connection that I believe someone like you seeks with another person. An intimacy beyond words, where you're lifted up and the earthly realm is transcended. Doesn't that connection sound good to you, Brendan? Of course. And wouldn't maybe you want that connection with me? Yeah, I think I would. Wouldn't you like to get on my level? Yes. Okay. Do you see what this is? It's a pill. I'm going to take you to Jerome's office. We're such good friends that I have the key to his office. Dr. Miller's office? Yes. I'm going to take you to his office. And I'm going to give you this pill. And I'm going to put you in the isolation chamber. What does the pill do? It just opens your mind to an even richer experience when you're inside the chamber. You know, the chamber can be kind of scary already. It won't be scary, I promise. Why do you want to do this? I promise that it will deepen our connection. That transcendent connection you're looking for. You want that, right? I think so. Good. Let's go to Miller's. Okay, Brendan, you're all locked in. Are you sure this is cool? Monica? Okay. I've done this a few times before. I'll be all right. Yeah, I'm on a mystery pill right now. That's okay. I can handle this. This house, it's unfamiliar. Hey, man. Oh, hey. How you been? I've been fine. Do I know you? Maybe. I'm Derek. Hi, Derek. Hi, Brandon. So you know my name. Dude, duh. I'm not sure I know you, Derek. You don't? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Maybe it's because I've got all my clothes on, right? Right. Look, I want to give you a tour of my new pad. This place is fucking sick. Scottsdale zip code. Congrats. Thanks, brother. I had a feeling incest porn was going to pay the fucking bills. Incest porn? Don't tell me you haven't seen my videos. Family Fun Productions? That doesn't sound like your thing. Um... It was almost a whim, really, my girlfriend. I, she's not my girlfriend anymore. She fucking cheated on me. Ouch. Sorry. 
It is what it is. Name of the game, bro. Anyway, I said, let's let's make a video. You pretend you're my stepdaughter. I ain't getting any from your mama. My doctor says if I don't come soon, I'll get prostate cancer. My fucking arm's broken and I can't jack off. Do your daddy a favor. She was super into it. Super into it. And we put that shit up and it was like instant classic. Instant hit. Do you see it? I don't recall. Anyway, with all those fucking views, I realized I had a calling. To make incest pornography. I mean, you can make fun or whatever, look down your big nose at it, but look at this fucking pad. It's nice. This kitchen? I modeled it after the kitchen of the great Santo Morissetti. Who's that? He was this Italian porn star with like a 10 inch cock. But then he retired from the biz and became a gourmet chef and spent years designing the perfect kitchen for making the specialty pastas and whatnot. I'm not too much of a cook myself, but I mean, come on, this kitchen is epic. Let me take you to my bedroom where I shoot all my videos. Hold on, you know what? Uh, that's okay. Look, Derek, why am I here? Man, this is an inside look at the life of an industry innovator. You aren't into this? I'm just not sure of the point. Well, you, you want a Red Bull or something? No. My heart, it's, it's already racing. That's the drugs, bro. I know that feel, as they say. Seems like I can't get enough drugs these days myself. What do you mean? Come on, check out the bedroom. This is where I do, we do the scenes. I put up that on Craigslist, looking for a MILF, looking for a nymph, looking for a spinner. Whatever I need for the scene. The fun is in dreaming up the scene. Mom comes home, I'm jacking off, she helps me out. Little sister busts us. She joins in. How much do you pay these women? Good money, bro. And most of them I suspect would do it anyway. They're fucking crazy and horny and bored. Shit, that's why I fucking did it in the first place myself. Bored. From bored to rich, the Derek story. Hey man, you wanna do a scene? I got an idea for a scene. Okay, listen, I'm your cousin. No thank you, Derek. Come on, bro. No fucking thank you. Don't touch Don't me. Touch Don't me. touch me. Let's check out the basement. Who the fuck are you? Brendan, come on. I'm Chris. We were best friends in elementary school. I don't recognize you. I, I don't... I don't think I had any friends named Chris. Anyways, you're an adult now. Mm, well, kinda. What do you mean, kinda? I never made it to adulthood, technically. I don't understand. That's why I wanted to show you the basement. The ghost run of my dad's house. You remember my dad, kind of a fuck up in a lot of ways. I don't remember him. The fucking guy had scars on his face from when he crashed his truck when he was drunk. That was the last straw. He got clean for a while after that. But he was a drunk when I was a kid. I'd get angry, beat my mom. I got good at sleeping through it, but I'd sleep so deeply that I'd work my fucking bed. That's too bad. <laughs> yeah, it was too fucking bad. But he wrecked his truck and got sober, which was fine. But he still lived like an animal, basically. You remember his house. He couldn't keep it clean, and he smoked. Asterisks everywhere. Magazines everywhere. And his dogs running wild, hunting dogs, Britney Spaniels. But we were only there on Wednesdays and every other weekend. And it wasn't bad. I mean, he was a nice guy who wasn't drinking. He was manager at an old country buffet. You remember that. How I'd have my birthday at Old Country Buffet? 
No. Fried chicken and mac and cheese stacked high. God dang. But most of the time, you remember, we were at my mom's place, which wasn't a bad deal until he got this boyfriend. Ken. You remember how much of a prick he was? I don't think so. My mom had a bad taste in men, and this guy was the fucking worst. He was a truck driver, so we were he wasn't around all the time. But when he was, he was always in the worst fucking mood. And he and my mom would fuck real loud. Imagine having to listen to your mom fuck real loud. There was a tiny apartment she had. No. And then my dad started fucking up again. And things got real gross around his house. I'd be staring at his drunken, naked ass, pissing in the sink and begging him to use the toilet for my sake and the sake of my little brother. Little brother? Yeah, man. Michael. You remember Michael, man. Sweet fucking kid. And Ken was such a prick to him for no reason. And shit. By the time I got to eighth grade, man, I got lost in the shuffle between my dad fucking up and Ken. And I lost most of my friends for some reason. I remember sitting down at the lunch table with you guys in eighth grade. You guys just got up and moved. That was cold. I'm sorry. I don't remember that. I'm sorry. So, one Wednesday, I took a bunch of ibuprofen, an overdose, and it made me sick. And so I went to the nurse's office. I wasn't looking too good, so they sent me home. My dad picked me up. He wasn't loaded. He had to rush and get me and go back to work. And that's what I wanted to show you in the basement. Let's go down to the basement. I'm really not sure I want to do that. Come on, we gotta take care of Michael. Why? Well, you see, Michael got home from school and found me. Found you what? Well, I was saying, man, I got lost in the shuffle. When you're 14 years old, you don't have anyone to tell you that it's all temporary troubles. It feels a little overwhelming. You remember how you felt when you were 14 and you were lucky. Your parents were together and they had money and didn't drink and didn't have a prick boyfriend who they fucked really loudly in the middle of the afternoon. I bet it still sucked. Maybe. Well, I fucking shot myself in the basement. Dad had a shotgun. Jesus fucking Christ. And that's what I wanted to show you in the basement. No! I don't want to see this. I don't fucking know you, man. I'm super sorry that you killed yourself and that your little brother found you. That's real fucked up. But I don't own any part of this, man. I want to fucking I want to get, fucking out, of get out of here. Brendan, take it easy, buddy. Take it easy. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. What do you mean it's cool? Who the fuck are you? I'm your best friend, Sam, dude. That's Come on, man. You're tripping, okay? You're tripping. You're going to be all right. You are not Sam. Where the fuck are we? We're in your dorm room, buddy. It's okay. It's okay, man. Just, just chill out. Here, look. We'll put on your favorite album. Children, 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 children. I don't know. 
I remember the first time I ever listened to this album. It was also the, f- the first time I'd ever gotten drunk. I was in, in high school. I was 17. I worked at the, the public library. Uh, and I checked it out on CD. And one night, it was a Saturday night, I think. I was so bored with my friend John. My friend John. We decided we were going to get some beer. So we just parked outside the supermarket. And the minute we parked, some guy in a Mustang pulled up pulled up next to us and uh, with his uh, blonde girlfriend in the passenger seat. It's okay. It's okay. And as he uh, walked in towards the supermarket, I ran out to stop him. And I said, hey, hey man, my buddy and I, we were wondering if uh, you could get us a couple beers or a six-pack. And he was like, well, what's it going to be? A couple beers or a six-pack? And I was like, um, a six-pack? And so I handed, him a, I handed him a bunch of bills and a, and a bunch of change. And he went in. He got a six-pack, a Budweiser, bottles. And right when he was about to give them to me, he said, how do I know you guys aren't undercover cops? I said, how do I know you aren't an undercover cop? And he said, would, a co- he said, would an undercover cop be buying beer for a couple kids? So he gave me the beer, and we drove home with it. And uh, we stood behind my house, and we each had one. One. But my friend took off, saying uh, that uh, his he had to go because his dad was going to smell it under his breath if he had any more. So I had four more beers to go myself. And so that later that night. I drank the remaining beers and listened to this Bless album for the first time. Wow. I got my first buzz. How would your sister felt about that? I don't have a sister. I know you don't have one, but you could have. But she got lost, and you've been looking for her ever since. And I know exactly where she is. I have not been looking for a sister. That's not what she says. I saw your performance, Brendan. Who are you? I'm your sister, Brendan. The one you've been looking for your entire life. I didn't even know you existed. I don't. I died before I was born. My mom never miscarried. Mom would have really loved a daughter. You don't know anything about my mother. I'm your sister, Brendan, and I know more about you than you know about yourself. If only I made it, that would have completed you. As it stands, you're incomplete. I saw your performance. What a mess, Brendan. I know. Why did you do that? Uh, I was just going with it. 
going with my instincts. Your instincts are all uncalibrated without me. You can't trust your intuition. You needed me to complete you. What are you gonna do now? How should I know? How should you know? How can you know what to do? That's such a big question. What to do? How will you answer it? Where do you even look for the answer? I know things, but of course I didn't make it. And I can't help you. That's fine. I want you to go away. I want this to be over. I took something that woman gave me to get on her. To get on her level. But I don't think she had my best interests in mind, so I kind of just want this to be fucking over. I'm not going anywhere. And maybe I'm not your sister that was never born. You definitely aren't. My mom was never pregnant with a daughter. Maybe I'm your daughter that was never born. No. Yeah. You remember when you were 23, right? My mother, dark-haired and not too smart. But a nice lady, older, maybe 30. She was as confused as you were. No. You were reckless, of course. And when it came time to decide whether to keep me or get rid of me, it was obvious you weren't going to have a future or love each other exactly the way you wanted to love someone. I don't blame you under those circumstances. I was a nuisance, a mistake. You were relieved. You split up with her after that, and you couldn't believe you'd gotten away with it. Gotten away with getting rid of me and her. I want this to end now. You were walking to work one morning thinking, I can't believe I've gotten away with this. And then a dog bit you on the arm. Did that hurt terribly much? No. You thought that was your punishment for discarding me. But that wasn't it. Have you thought about the last 10 years of your life since then? What good's happened? What really good has happened? Failure, disappointment, embarrassment. I don't want to do this. A curse, of course. You got rid of me, and now you're cursed. And I've grown in here. What gets discarded, gotten rid of out there, it grows in here, in darkness. And that's good for me, and everyone else that gets thrown away. But you're out there, and you're cursed from it. You would have had to work to love me and love my mother, but there would have been love. But you got rid of me, and now you're cursed. And your performance, what high hopes you had for that, I bet. And love, like that art journalist who brought you in here, what high hopes you had for that. And you're going to keep being dealt hope, and you're going to keep getting crushed by disappointment. That's your curse. No. Look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was younger then, but I'm not cursed. There has to be a way out of this. There has to be good that happens. I made a mistake. I've made a few, I'm sure. But good has to happen. I wanted to be loved. I didn't even have a specific way I wanted to be loved. I didn't know. I was a baby. But you aren't going to be loved in the way you want. Don't you wonder what the hell you're doing here? What are you doing in here? What are you doing doing in here? here? Brendan? My God. Dr. Miller. Brendan, what the hell are you doing? This woman. 
Monica, she said she knew you. She gave me a pill. She put me in there. And I met. It was horrible. Do you know this, Monica? I don't know. Maybe. I think I owe you an explanation.